Hello everyone and welcome to Play the Ball podcast. My name is Neeraj and I'm joined by my friend Sai Prasad. In this episode, we will talk about the possible transfers that the so-called top 6 can make to strengthen over the summer window for the 2020-21 campaign. Okay Neeraj, let's just start with your favorite club which is Manchester United. Uh, where do you think you need to strengthen other than obviously Jadon Sancho? I mean, yeah, obviously we are everybody knows that we are now I think it's been made no surprise. right position is something that united need to address to be honest because as we know we really haven't had a proper right wing player since cristiano ronaldo left and that it is very important to strengthen that position because especially having together with bruno rashford martial mason greenwood coming through so we need to strengthen that attack while we are at it so obviously we have a jeda sancho which united and dortmund are still at an impasse at however if jaden sancho doesn't work out if the transfer doesn't work out united can actually consider alternatives they should be considering alternatives because the chances of missing out on a right wing again in a transfer window is not affordable i have two names in mind i am uh, a big fan there's of one of the names douglas costa or anything because that's the one who would go to that name Absolutely not. I mean, I was a fan of Douglas Costa when he was at Bayern. I think he was really good there. But ever since he's come to Juventus, especially this season, he has dipped massively. He has been in, it's been an injury-ridden season. So paying that much amount of money for a 31-year-old without a guarantee of 38 games is basically a risk. And besides, it's United's new policy is to go after young youngsters, no longer established superstars. Right, so, like I said, I have two names in mind. The first name is F- Frederick Chiesa of Fiorentina. I'm actually a big fan of Chiesa. Ever since his name started popping up, I've been, you know, going through his matches, going through his stats occasionally, and he seems like a big deal. I mean, he still has a lot to improve, but I, Italians regard him very highly. Actually, he thinks they're the next greatest great. Italian superstar for the national team and it looks like Juventus might go for him but from what i hear i think he's open to a move abroad so i think united should really consider chiesa he may not be as good as sancho but maybe he's the closest we can get right now even it comes to right wing and i will also i would also mention here ricardo ossolini from bologna this name i'm i'm sure this listeners may not be familiar with but he has been the main talisman of the bayona uh, attack they have been underperforming this season but when i checked his stats the amount he contributes to uh, the bologna goals 82% of the passes that comes that comes to the forward line is directed at him so at a very young age he's already the fulcrum of the uh, front three that they play and he is your traditional you know your cut inside in uh, forward who likes to shoot you can you can say he's like a younger robin younger version of robin and if he goes on to have half a career like robin did i'm sure he's going to go places i think he is one target target united should consider uh, i think bologna president said that he won't be sold for anything less than 70 million but seeing the current environment and the way bologna uh, team has been underperforming their project doesn't seem to have any clarity 
it's possible to get him for a range between 40 to 50 million euros and i think united should consider the sale so i think right wing is something they need to consider but from what i hear i'm being very optimistic here but from what i hear uh, next week we are sub- apparently supposed to be getting news about jaden sacho so fingers crossed that happens because i don't know what i'll do once uh, jaden sacho comes over yeah i'm pretty I... sure jaden sancho is going to come this summer because it will be a massive loss for uh, woodward like there'll be a lot of pressure on him to get this done because if he misses on out on one more transfer at the summer window like they did on bruno uh, it's going to it's not going to look good on his resume because he lost on many signings this uh, and this is one thing which every everybody in the club along with the fans and the manager everybody wants to get it done even the player wants to get it done even the other party wants to get it done but yeah let's see i am even i am kind of optimistic that this signing will go through maybe late in the window not early but yeah i am positive on that like on the other hand i would like to ask about the goalkeeper situation right now now that henderson has signed a new long term contract and it looks like daya and henderson are going to fight for their place in the side do you think this is a good thing for united I th- I think it's a great thing actually to be honest I I really didn't think Romero even though he has been really good for us and he's reliable he has not provided the hair that push that he needed and we always have this history in recent years of two good goalkeepers fighting it out right you had Diego Lopez and Casillas Testegen and Bravo and you have kept having this competition as well so it's it's healthy I'm pretty sure Henderson is going to get a fair amount of games this season as well otherwise he wouldn't have signed he really wanted to assure that first team goalkeeper position so i think this is sort of like a last chance for daher you can say i mean if the season goes the same way like how it did how last season went uh, i'm pretty sure henderson is going to give the nod ahead of daher so we'll see about that but i'm very happy that henderson uh, signed the contract i think it should be a, a good position and a position that we are actually secure for the long term as well because we have good quality young goalkeepers coming up as well so goalkeeper department is really something that we are not really worried about right now uh, but so don't you think the wages are that, too high like uh, dayas on around 300k a week and yeah that, that's a problem you cannot afford to you know bend somebody who's being who's earning 350k plus on the bench uh, you know very well about that side So yeah, yeah, it's difficult so if this season doesn't go out uh, as planned for Dehay I think United might look to sell him because he's still a top top goalkeeper and he might do well in other leagues you have a PSG and your Juventus who who has their current Arsenal legend by the way Chesney so we'll see I think it's possible that he might move if the season does not go well another position that I think they need to strengthen is the left back I mean I'm not the biggest fan of Shaw but he has been super reliable defensively uh, and his and towards the end when he when he got injured and he missed the last few games the difference when he was playing and he was not playing was very evident I don't think Brandon Williams should be a left back it's not very common for a right footed left left back to play anymore in this modern times so i think he need to move to the right flank and provide competition for van bisaka now that dalo might be leaving so and but i think we really need to strengthen the left back knowing shaw's uh, injury record i can think of two people 
uh, Alex Tears and uh, Grimaldo from Porto and Benfica respectively. Both of them have almost equal stats actually. Both of them are experienced. I think Grimaldo is 24 and Tears is 27. Relatively cheap. I think both of them are rated around 30 million. And they are both reliable defensively and attackingly in, in an attacking sense. So I think that's a signing United really should not ignore. Uh, to be honest, left back was not my priority list, but seeing how United performed once showered injured, I think that position is something United has to address. And uh, uh, there are some few positions you can still tweak. You have your center backs and you have a deep line playmaker. I think we are okay for now, for this summer window. I mean, we still need to target a deep-lying uh, playmaker as a long-term replacement for Matic. Uh, somebody like Tonali or Benasser. I think you, you are familiar with the name. Yeah, so he's an Arsenal Academy, Academy graduate for people who don't. Yeah. yeah. So that, but I don't think it's an urgent matter right now. I do think they need to go for depth in the attacking midfield department or in general uh, uh, midfield as well. I mean, there's a lot of rumors about Jack Grealish circling around. Like, I want to ask uh, you about that. What do you think uh, is going to happen when you have three star players with high wages and they're pretty much going to fight for two spots in the position? So, yeah, I obviously know there's going to be squad rotation and all that. But uh, do you feel they'll be okay with... Grealish should be okay with coming and playing third, second fiddle to Bruno and Pogba? I think yes, because for one reason he has been a boyhood United fan. That's one main motivation for him to move. And another reason is that he moving from Villa to a Champions League playing squad is a big deal. And he won't be coming as a squad player. He's coming as an important first team player. And the advantage of getting Grealish is that he can slot into your right wing and left wing as well. So he can basically cover your both wing positions and your center attacking midfield as well. So he provides a versatility, but I think Villa is uh, placed as, I think, 75 million price tag on him. So I'm not sure how much that will work. There have been a lot of rumors of an exchange deal, Romero plus cash for Grealish, uh, which is actually a pretty deal, good deal for me, to be honest, because I think Reina is also planning to move and Romero is really reliable in goal. So I think that that move Villa might consider. I hope they do. But if not Grealish, I think we still need to go for the depth. There have been a lot of rumors about David Brooks from Bournemouth. He's a good signing for strengthening the bench. But I don't think United fans will be happy if he's coming instead of Jaden Sancho in the right wing position. So we'll see what United stance is there in regards to Brooks. And another name we have to consider is Buendia. I know you are also a good, uh, massive fan of Buendia as well. I think yeah. he's a good talent. What do you think, Sai? Uh, like, yeah, of course, uh, the position needs to be strengthened. Like, I feel that need competition in this position to get the best out of the other players also. And one more optimistic reason, like, I feel Jack Grealish might consider more this summer is because he's been snubbed off England squad yet again because. I don't know what's the reason yes. exactly, but if he plays in a better side, in a better championship side, I think Southgate will be forced to pick him and uh, he has a better chance moving into the England side when playing for a uh, championship side like United. So that's, I think, a good reason why he will consider a move this summer. And also, I, I'd like to uh, bring out this name, which is Donny Van Der Beek. 
who's also been linked heavily to a move away from away from yes. ajax and to united and also also barcelona as well but i guess he'll be a good fit for united what do you think i think yes but uh, we have to see how much he's willing to come over and be in the bench because he would be a very good addition to our side i mean he's champions league uh, proven player he has done well with ajax and i think vandasar has confirmed that he had ajax has received a bid for him for one club we are not sure which but i'm hoping it it there are rumors that he was destined to go to madrid but the covid situation changed everything and recently there were rumors of coman targeting van der beek but from what i've been hearing van der beek is not willing to move seeing barcelona's beautiful condition right now with what's yeah. happening around them so i think he is considering a move to united but problem is it seems like a sensible transfer and the more sense a transfer makes the more unlikely that united will go for it we as we know what word is known for it yeah yep as we know ole did bring that small change in it i'm hoping that change still remains but we'll see how that goes and so, uh, this is what i feel i think a right wing a left back and a attacking midfielder for bench strength is something united need to cover this summer especially seeing other clubs strengthening i think united is only one of the two clubs not to spend in premier league yet by the way you can imagine the frustration united fans are going through right now like obviously so, it's going to come they are going to make signings anyways but it's just it's just unlucky that we are in a situation where we don't have enough time for pre season enough times for the new signings to gel in the squad obviously there are other clubs who did their business way earlier and they're going to benefit from this but i don't know uh, it's not like united are not going to make any signings this summer whatsoever they're obviously going to do but it's going to take time there is negative to it because they need some time to adapt but i i think you missed one key position because i i really feel you need some depth in center back because uh, you really have maguire and lindelof right now uh, i don't know smalling is going to play in united short again because he wants to move away from united uh, eric bai is very injury prone and you have marcus rowe i see still in your club and uh, with the predicament maguire is in right now i think you need to go and make an immediate center back signing if you want to survive at least in the start of the season like mm-hmm. uh recently i heard a rumor that uh, united was monaco rejected a bit for uh, benwa badiche from united around 20 20 25 million if i'm not wrong uh they are obviously they're trying to get more money from you because you are in the champions league and you can afford to spend money and like do you think that position can be ignored this summer his center back is very important for us i think you raised a very good point but to see how much our defense improved over the last season and the way we have struggled to break teams down especially during the first half of the season and towards the end i just feel we need to go in for the midfield and attack depth more we can sort that out and then come back to defense the relative to compact now but yes you're right we need a center back i think for uh monaco just rejected a 25 million bid and uh, i think gabriel is moving to your club as well arsenal <laughs> so i think united are in for a center back but i'm not sure how big a priority it will be this summer because united also have a very talented center back in axel toanzibi so if he manages to stay fit i think it solves a lot of problem for united i think he was unlucky with injuries last season so he couldn't feature much 
and then you have Marcos Rojo. I'm not sure he what his situation is going to be. But if he does decide to stay back, we have a decent backup as well for left back and centre back as well. And Smalling won't play for United again. I feel. I think he's, he'll move to Roma. I think the same applies for Jones as well. I'm not sure the situation about Jones as well, but I think he's undergoing another surgery. God knows for how many times. So. Does he really I keep himself fit at least for 10 Priority of position right now. Um, I think United can afford to take one year off. Especially seeing how slow they do their business, I don't really expect them to make a move on. Yeah, but that's exactly it. In the long term, centre back is something they need to address. You're right, it's a good point. Sure. So I guess we are done with Manchester United. And next, we are going to move to my club, your club which is Arsenal. Arsenal. Pretty sure you're waiting for it. So, like, first, I'd like, uh, like to clear about the two signings which you obviously made. Uh, like, Billion is the first one to sign, which is obviously free transfer, which I don't know, Arsenal likes. And also, someone who Chelsea, someone we take from Chelsea, which is something we do a lot recent times. And I don't know, initially, I was very skeptical about the signing. I was not sure how this is going to work out. Because we're signing a 32-year-old player on a high wage and the two for three-year contract. But the more I look into it and the more I hear from Mikel Arteta on Billion, it kind of makes sense because Arteta doesn't really see him as primarily a winger of any sort. He likes to play him more centrally because he's really good at tight spaces. He's really good at dead balls. He brings in a lot of qualities which we lack. And obviously, he's a serial winner. He's won everywhere he went. He's won a Premier League and everything like that. And uh, that signing, the more I see it, it's going to be positive because we obviously need Premier League quality depth in the squad. He's willing to offer that. And yeah, that's a good signing. And the one which I'm most excited about is signing of Gabriel from Lille. We have been longing for a left-footed centre-back for a very long time. And the way the game goes, uh, the football in general goes, I think teams are more uh, trying to bring in a left-sided centre-back to have the dynamism in the centre-back pairings. And uh, we went for one of the top available young left-footed centre-backs right now in Gabriel. He has a very good reputation in France and he's a good progressor of the ball, really good passer of the ball. He's very good aerially. He's also very fast. He has one of the best tackle percentages in uh, France and Europe. I guess that's one positive signing because uh, we potentially have two yeah, best young centre-backs in the world right now. Like At least in their potential-wise, Mikel is going to improve them further, I guess. Uh, they're going to take some time to gel in, so that's why we're gonna, we are having some centre-backs like David Lewis sticking around in the club yet. Uh, if you ask me for the position which we need to strengthen, I think the first priority has to be the defensive midfielder because uh, we lack that kind of a protection which a defensive midfielder offers and we have players who are very good at one part of a defensive midfielder and uh, lacks in the other. For example, if you take Granit Xhaka, he's exceptionally well at progressing the ball forward. He's a great distributor of the ball and everything like that. But he's not that good at defensive work. And if you take it, Lucas Torreira, who's good at defensive work and not so great at progressing the ball and putting in this distribution work. And the player which first comes into our mind and who's being linked 
and who is claimed to be the number one priority for this summer is Thomas Partey, who fits both the bill. He can play as a box-to-box midfielder also. He is an exceptionally well, good player. And I think he is a player who pretty much can start in every top six, don't you think? I definitely agree. I'm actually surprised that not many clubs are after Thomas Partey. But say, are you sure uh, Arsenal pay up his 50 million release clause? Yeah, that's that's the one big worry I have right now because with the situation we are in right now, I don't feel optimistic about the situation because paying a release clause is different from what Arsenal do right in recent days, which is paying in installments. We did an installment deal with Torreira, we did an installment deal with Pepe, and 50 million upfront in this situation is something Arsenal are hesitant to do. And Atletico are still paying a hardball here, like. You know what the problem is? Because Atletico Madrid wants some of the players right now, which we have. They are looking to sign Lacazette. But in return, they are giving us Lemar, some random players. Like, why don't they go for a simple swap deal and finish it off? It's win-win for both the parties. And it is not happening. But let's see. But uh, yeah, that's, that's something which they need to get it done because... I don't know if we can go and find a better alternative than Thomas Partey for cheap. But if in case this deal fails through, I think uh, Arsenal should go and sign a Toulouse midfielder called Ibrahim Sangare. He is a left-footed uh, defensive midfielder from Toulouse. Toulouse has been relegated, so they obviously need money right now. And uh, he, is, he also fits in a similar profile of what uh, they expect from a defensive midfielder. Obviously, he's not as good as Thomas Partey, but he should be good, good enough. And like he's very young, so he's going to improve, and that should fit the bill. And another important portion which I feel is attacking midfielders. Like as you mentioned in your own uh, segment of Manchester United, when teams sit back, which they mostly do in the Premier League, like lower table teams, they do. Uh, we need some kind of a creative midfielder to break the lines, to create chances out of nowhere. So. You saw that, saw how Bruno Fernandes made an impact in Manchester United. Like, what kind of creativity he brought into the team, how he completely turned over a side which was struggling to attack against a team which was sitting back to a side which scored three, four goals against them. I was optimistic like about the Coutinho situation a while back, but now I'm not so sure because Komen is considering Coutinho to be a part of his plan. A uh, player which comes into my mind is the uh, same award from Lyon. Like you saw him in Champions League, right? What do you make of that guy? I think he's brilliant, actually. Uh, I think I, I have a few friends who are Lyon fans, and they have been hyping up the whole season. I haven't really seen him play apart from Champions League, but I can see why. I think he's he's been brilliant, uh, brilliant for Lyon. And France seriously have a lot of talent in their hands. With Pogba, yeah. Kante, Yarawar. I think Arsenal should go for him. I think he'll be, I think he's not too expensive either. What, uh, what is he's his valued around 60 million, I guess. But uh, Leon's sporting director has a good relationship with our sporting director. I think we can find a deal with Leon. Uh, I mean, it obviously depends on the finance and everything like that. The way we sell players and how much money we get from them. But uh, if you look at over, he has one of the best dribbling percentage in Europe. Like you wouldn't believe me, but he is the third best dribbler 
like at least success wise and number of dribbles attempted wise he's third best in after uh, messi and neymar he is exceptionally good at the ball he is he's a great creator he is just 22 if i'm not wrong he's been recently called up to france national team as well and i guess it will be a very good signing if we get we get it through but uh, considering the money i don't know if arsenal is going to go immediately and try him now but in case if that deal falls through i would uh, suggest uh, arsenal go for pellegrini from roma i though i'll i'll give you a good news because arsenal wants installment deal roma has it so he has a 30 million euro release clause which can be paid in 2 years and uh, he's the kind of player who plays in as number 8 number 10 he's a good dribbler of the ball and he's also very young and uh, yeah that pellegrini is some someone who i really rate from roma and uh, he's going to he's also taking decent shots outside the box and which is something we lacked since ramsey left someone who can come into the box and score the cutbacks and everything like that so uh, he'll be a good signing in case our doesn't go through but i think our is our number one priority so sai you're talking about the need for a attacking midfielder right so uh, you're no, saying I, there's I no need for your 350000 per week earning mesotozil in a bench uh it's a very tricky situation like today as i read arteta's news i mean press conference he says everyone has a clean slate right now so i don't know if he said the clean slate for ozil too because the problem is very it's i don't i don't even know what's going on in the background because obviously ozil is not known for his work rate he's not going to come back and like uh, he's going to press yeah of course but he's not going to track back like you expect him to do uh, and in this current era i don't know if there are any number like it's not like before like number 10s thriving superbly well in every single team they are more looking for a hybrid player who can also come back and uh, press the players and track back and everything like that so obviously it is tactical reasons and i don't know if there is more to that i don't want to cook up any conspiracy theories on that but that's a situation which i'm trying to forget and not remind myself that that's going on in my club right now that's very interesting so we'll see if arteta at least call on ozil for something because he has yet another year left in his contract right if i'm wrong yeah exactly you know, they're trying to move him on apparently after this year so let's see how the season turns out sure so i think that's it i think we have covered arsenal i think i think obviously are going to be happy that obameyang is also going to sign a new contract as well yeah that's that's happening like it's inevitable like it's not like some he's not showing signs of leaving the club at all so that's something yeah that's our, our first priority and i think we'll get it done yeah so i think we are done with the arsenal segment so moving on across town to one of your favorite clubs sai let's talk about tottenham oh my god no the noisy neighbors yeah sure <laughs> like i'm kind of happy with this way tottenham is being run right now like yeah you're going to have jose mourinho and like we're going to discuss about their signing where he's going to bring all old players and kind of mess up the squad when he leaves eventually after the season so like yeah i'm not going to discuss much about tottenham so i'll ask you do you did you see any portion where they're going to improve right one place they really need to cover is a backup for harry kane i think that's something that's very very important i think last 
season after jose took over he was unfortunate that kane got injured and rai immediately after that son also got injured and lorente obviously moved away from tottenham and they don't have that backup striker yet and i think that's that's a very important position unlike what uh, people tend to believe so i think they need to go you know in uh, to in search of a backup striker that's good happy enough to play on the bench and come off as a plan b or option b like jose likes to have and uh, i think tottenham should get i can think of two players actually uh, one is I don't know how many of you remember, but uh, Mario Mandzukic is now a free agent. He has uh, left his club in Qatar. I think his contract was cancelled or something, and he's now a free agent. I, I think Mandzukic to Premier League is a really good move, and that should have happened in his younger days. But I think there's still a possible chance that he can come. I think. and he fits the bill of a jose striker as well and i'm pretty sure he might be happy to play second fiddle to kane i mean you can't really expect to start over harry kane obviously but i think that's a move that tottenham should really consider he he is he has good physicality excellent work rate he is a decent finisher and his best attribute is always linking up and bringing other more talented players into the game as well i think that's one option they really need to consider another option they have i think from what i've been hearing is uh karen wilson i think from bournemouth Bourne actually i don't mind if karen wilson or josh king is being targeted actually both of them i feel are equal and strikers i think they are both equal they almost have the same attributes same stats uh, except karen wilson is slightly more physical but i think josh king will give them more work rate and work rate is always and jose goes for so i think we have all seen josh king enough in bournemouth he again like magicic he is really good at bringing others into the game and he's very direct he does not look around for options he tries to attack uh, the defense over and over again and now since that bournemouth is relegated i think there's a good chance he might be available for a cheap rate as well so that is an option they can consider and oh. i'm not sure how much he will be willing to play backup but alexander mitrovic is a good option he was i think he was the championship top scorer last season we have already seen mitrovic play two seasons ago yeah that that makes sense because like the mansukic one is very interesting because i never knew he was a free agent and i don't even knew that he was playing competitive football till now but uh, that kind of fits into jose's bill of bringing 30 plus year old players to have an immediate impact he's not going he's not the kind of person who you expect to buy a 21 22 year old young striker and develop him and have him as a backup to harry kane and like let's talk about their signings actually they actually made two signings surprisingly the signing i want to talk about is matt doherty from wolves uh, they got him as a right back replacement for sir jorier who's going to be is this signing confirmed yet sai i think it will be confirmed the time we announce the i mean we release the podcast but okay. yeah he is the replacement for sir jorier who is destined to move to ac milan i guess uh, i don't i don't really feel good about this signing uh, because like in this kind of age you expect a full back to be both balanced in offense and defense he is the kind of player who i think mourinho would sign in his old chelsea days because 
he's a hardcore defensive player like he he has a very good defensive numbers and all he makes around three tackles and interceptions per game and uh, but when you look at his attack he's not he's pretty weak at crossing he's not a very great crosser of the ball he's not very creative he has only four assists in the entire campaign last year including all the europa and premier league out of 3700 minutes that's that's not a good stat what do you feel about this i mean that's that's a fair point i he, he doesn't have the attacking stats to back him back him up but i think he is like your like you said the typical jose signing he is hard working he is defensively solid and i think from a full back that's all uh, jose is asking for and his stats doesn't really say how bad or let's say poor in his attacking areas i've seen him advance up the pitch a lot under wolves and they play a very similar system to how jose likes to play so i think this is a very smart signing because i didn't honestly speaking i did not see this coming i really thought they will be going for uh, matty cash who was the best player in championship last year and because there are a lot of rumors about him coming in but so this mad doherty signing is really out, out of the syllabus let's say so i'm surprised but i think that's a good signing actually i think tottenham has been very smart in that case i think similar to mad doherty they've also signed pierre ml horberg from southampton with walker peters going the other way I that's one signing that i am really excited about because yeah that's a uh, very good signing yeah, I agree. yeah yeah for uh, listeners who have been following the premier league for a long time now he's your one of your gareth barry sort of players extremely hard working plays very simple football is aware of his limitations and abilities and he plays according to that he is not extraordinary but you always need a player like that in your team for your bench for your first team and he has that winning mentality as well he's strong mentally from what i've been hearing from satanan fans so i think he's a really good signing and he's going to be a key member in that uh, jose squad of in tottenham and i think we forgot about joe hart also actually i didn't oh yeah i yeah, really did yeah. not see the signing but i don't eventually. i don't see him featuring at all like to be honest i don't see him featuring over loris or gasaniga yeah that's that's true actually i think he must have gone for his winners mentality i think jose wants to bring in more of those winners into the squad johart is obviously a premier league winner he has won a lot of trophies in his career and he has been a quite good keeper for a long time he has had a poor couple of seasons but i've been seeing his inter- interviews and he has been brutally honest about himself so i think he's there at this stage of his career i think is there more of like a mentor coach sort of a role plus he feels the english quota as well i mean you have your united with lee grant chelsea with rob green so i think is one of those signings but i think it's a good signing when it comes to development of any young goalkeepers as well so i'm pretty sure this is more from a mental strengthening point of view sort of signing but it is something that i did not see it coming is there any other position which you feel very difficult yeah i was getting to that so i i think one position they really need to go after a center back i think now with vertonghen and gone as well i think there's something they really need to explore i mean one option is they have the very talented youngster ben godfrey from norwich his stats don't really back him up but but then to be fair to him norwich has been poor as a team as a whole throughout the last season as well so but 
Ben Godfrey is an exciting name for all English fans. I think he is. Yeah, I think he's just 21 years old. So he has a lot of scope to improve. I think he has good talent, and he can be a good bench strength as well. Because um, I'm I'm okay with David Davidson chances or Alderweireld, but somebody like Juan Foyth, I think he makes a lot of mistakes. I think he has a lot of mistake in him. Don't get me wrong. I think he is talented, but he has a lapse of concentration that you know leads to mistakes. He's still young. He can still improve. But when you're playing under a manager like Jose, you cannot afford to make those mistakes, and you're playing at the highest level of football as well. Another option Spurs can consider is Chris Smalling from United, as long as Jose doesn't have PTSD about his <laughs> tenure. But Spurs should really consider because Alderweireld is a ball-playing centre back. He has excellent distribution, but he can be dominated physically. And one area where Smalling excels is his aerial ability and his ability to be physical. So I think yes, he is weak on the ball, but he's coming back on the back of a very confident, excellent season at Roma. And with that confidence, I think he can be a mainstay as a partner for Alderweireld. So that by the time Foyth and other centre backs develop and Davidson Sanchez gets more experience as well, I think he's a good option for, to consider. What do you think, Sai? I mean, more than like considering Jose Mourinho in the coaching department, I feel uh, Smalling makes more sense than Godfrey. It will be a better option if they go for Godfrey as a sporting addition. But Jose is in a pressure where he needs to immediately prove. He's improving the side. He's taking them to the heights. So, uh, Smalling is a really interesting option because United wouldn't mind selling, selling him because he's surplus to requirements right now. And I'm not sure if they're going to sell him to a rival who's going to compete for their spot, like top four spot next summer, next season. But that signing makes sense. Jose is going to be happy with another old centre back in his squad uh, again. Yeah, I mean. Louis Dunk was actually a very good target for them as well, but as we know, he just signed recently signed a contract with Brighton, so that option is no doubt. But that signing made a lot of sense, to be honest. I really thought Spurs might go for Louis Dunk. Yeah. Uh, so Spurs are done, I guess. I don't see any other position where they can improve. Yeah, I think these are the three positions they need to urgently address this summer. So the next club which we are going to go to is Liverpool. So let's let's just first talk about the signing which they already made. I still find it difficult to pronounce his name. His name is Costas. Let's just keep it to Costas, sorry. Yeah. So they signed him as a backup for Randy Robertson, which made made sense because uh, they released or utilized Robertson last year, and as a backup, they were they are using James Milner there. They needed a left back. And he has a really good numbers. Like I'm gonna ignore whatever he did in his own league because most of us don't even know the league. But if you consider purely in his European performance, he has exceptionally well tackles and impacts a number of around six. And he's a very good dribbler. He is very creative. And uh, the one key aspect which I found in his gameplay is that he's someone who presses a lot. Like someone, something you expect from a typical club player. And he's pressing the ball and winning the balls at key areas, and he's also a good crosser of the ball. So as a backup, I think it's a really smart option for Klopp to go and get him. So like their obvious op- choice was Jamal Lewis from Norwich, 
but that didn't go through and they got him this guy for very cheap around 10 million which is really good and the next question which is really interesting which i want to ask you is that they are closely linked to thiago and i see him going there 90% so what do you make out of the signing oof i mean i mean I, i really don't know what to say because if thiago to liverpool move goes to i mean i i don't even want to imagine liverpool next season like i'm giving up already he's such an exceptional player i'm actually surprised nobody talks about them a lot probably because he's been injury prone the last few seasons and he's not getting a run of games as such but what an exceptional midfielder sir i mean we we talked about it when we saw the champions league final right amazing amazing player i think he's going to be a great addition to the liverpool side yeah like yeah you rightly pointed out i don't know like giving thiago to klopp it's, it's just like a cheat code he's just going to dominate the league again because thiago is someone who's so calm and composed on the ball and like he basically dictates the pace from the back so he's going to do everything you expect from a deep lying playmaker he is very good at defensive output also so and yeah he is 29 but he is still pro- proving to be one of the best midfielders in the world he's a champions league winner he is it's just scary to see what he's going to do in a club system also they like if you see the current liverpool system they mainly rely on firmino to do the creative uh, output to the forwards but when thiago comes in it's going to relieve some duties of firmino it also gives some kind of a dynamism to club said because you can't take firmino out and try some other attacker over there which i'm going to move to next uh, because i think liverpool needs and needs to buy a backup attacker uh, specifically someone who can play in the wings because uh, if you see they they were very lucky last year with injuries because almost most of their key players were in, uh, injury less except for alisson but uh, in case of some injury it's going to affect them hard because their front three is one of the best in the best in europe and uh, i think they're going to need some signings uh, do you have any options for that i think i agree sai i mean we still have origi as i said but surprisingly klopp has been playing origi on the left hand side actually the surprise it's been working for the squad as such but i don't think he is too happy playing on the left wing as such he's somebody who likes to be in the central area and you know be at the center of things I think there will be a lot of rumors about Liverpool going after Ismail Sarr. I mean that again is a scary thought because imagine you're having a front three of Firmino, Mane and Salah and you have a backup winger in Ismail Sarr who can come at any time and change the game. That is scary. That is scary to think actually. I really don't want to think about it a lot but he's an like, he's Sarr's direct uh he is direct in his approach is pacey likes to go both ways likes to drift inwards put in the he has a great delivery into the set box he still has room for improvement so i think that is an incredible signing but i'm not sure i mean they're struggling to pay 30 million for thiago so i'm not sure about the 40 million they would want to pay for ismail sar as a backup player and another option like we mentioned earlier we were talking about buendia again BND is getting a lot of att- attraction evidently from the way we talk about him and from the rumors that we've been hearing and it's not without any reason he, he, if we check his heat map he covers everywhere he literally covers the entire space around him he has an exceptional work rate and he creates a lot of chances as well 
in a very poor norwich side he managed to create a lot of chances so i think that would be a good signing for liverpool as well i'm not sure if they'll go for him but i think that he's somebody that they can consider yeah i think up too much on brendia and like he is good enough for a top six side but he's going to end up in everton or watford i mean everton or west ham i'm not sure they'll be done with tiago i guess i don't think they're going to go any any more than tiago but i kind of feel they need a backup defender also because lovren left the club uh there are only van dijk and gomez were the fit center back options matter is kind of injury prone i feel they need to go and invest in one another center back and i i talked to some liverpool fans and they told me that they rate sep van der berg who is a youngster coming through academy and klopp really likes him as a center back so that they think they are sorted with that version but i kind of feel they need a defender right now i guess they need to go and say jonathan ta from leverkusen uh, he's a very tall uh, dominant central defender and uh, he is a very is very comfortable with the ball he is very good defensively he has exceptionally good passing accuracy he attempts long balls and uh, he's a really good defender which they can consider because he is going to give competition to gomez he's going to improve gomez and having three really good center backs is the way to go forward and he's good at aerial duels and yeah that sign kind of makes sense but i'm not sure if they're going to go through it anyway and i think they'll be done with the other we'll see hopefully fingers crossed liverpool do not strengthen they do not pay out and they still remain the same squad yeah as a united fan you're going to be happy with that so yeah the next club which we are going to move to is the club which has been very active in the transfer market right now which is another london rival chelsea uh like i just want to ask you what do you make of their summer so far i mean i mean hats off to roman and marina by the way for the listeners who don't know marina is chelsea's director of football and she is absolutely brilliant at least since the time she took over she has had very good transfer windows except bar one window where they signed drink water but she has had good seasons where she has done well but this season she has exceeded expectations she has played fifa in real life more than how we would have played in our fifa 19 or fifa 20 career mode that's yeah, and it's not right. even dragging out in any sort of saga as well every signing is getting done within matter of few days everything is happening behind closed doors this is how an efficient director of football works i mean what can i say i mean there's nothing to discuss to what position to cover they've literally bought everybody by now do you think so yeah like uh it's really scary to see how the business they are doing because they got a transfer ban they saved some from money from that they invested it on polisic and now they are investing like crazy money on literally every portion they need to strengthen and one thing is that the board is really supportive roman is really supportive of uh, frank lampard that he's going he's going and giving him money to get the number one target which they had is Frank is literally getting the exact players he needs, not even the second or third options like some other clubs which we are talking about. And uh, I think we need to cover those transfers in a brief. So let's just start with the oldest signing, which is Akim Ziyech. Where do you think he's going to fit? I think Ziyech is an excellent signing. I have my apprehensions towards, you know, Harvards and Werner settling into the... club and league as such immediately but 
he sees yet as somebody who's like an energetic younger version of one mata i think they're very similar in the way they play i do have any doubts about zh fitting into the club he plays the way lampard wants to play he's creative he likes to drift across the front line he likes to drop deep he has defensive work rate as well i think i can't i really can't believe how cheap they got zh to be honest because i, I didn't really expect him to you know go for just 44 million euros yeah that was that was crazy actually because uh, there was a time where arsenal were uh, looking to sign him and he was available for as cheap as 25 million and i'm surprised none of the clubs went for him and he signed an extension and then he left again for a very cheap price uh, as you said uh, i was having the exact same feel because if you look at the uh, signings of werner and havertz you uh, like especially let's take an example of werner because he's a kind of a guy who likes to run behind defenses who exploits the space which uh, high defensive line uh, team does but if you look in the premier league you're not going to get it frequently because most like most of the teams when they are facing at a side attacking side like chelsea are going to look to sit back and counter them and they when is not going to get those spaces to run behind yeah he's a really good finisher if you put in the ball he's going to finish but it's going to take time for him to settle but i think zh is going to hit the, the ground running uh i definitely but, agree i i i have no doubts about werner not playing well but uh, i think he might take a bit of time i mean great if he hit the ground running immediately but i see him taking a bit of time to adjust to the physicality of the league and stuff and actually same same reasoning for havertz as well it's not confirmed yet but i think fabrizio has already tweeted out that everything is done and dusted and it's just a matter of days 18 million euros for kai havertz that again another brilliant talent to buy i'm not sure why they went for him because they are actually well stacked in the department obviously i mean we can see why he's obviously a big talent but it was not a priority position because they already have uh, ruben loftus cheek you have ross barkley you have mason mount but obviously the lampard must have seen something in havertz that you know that some as somebody who can click for him who can make the connection build so that's exciting signing that i'm looking forward to as well not playing against make a mark my words but as a premier league fan as somebody who watches premier league regularly seeing these talents coming in i think is going to be a really exciting time for us i guess what lampard is doing right now is that so is this signing him because there is literally no other club in like it's not like havertz is not going to be demanded by clubs but in this financial situation clubs are not ready to pay the 80 million fever slurkusen wants so he's just signing these players and then looking to fit into them later because that's another headache but he's ready to face it because if there is a quality player which is available right now you it's fair that you go and get him before you get competition next year and like it, it kind of makes sense they have one of the best attacking lineup next like if you can in the europe i'd say because everybody is proven in, in europe european level and now i want to talk about their defensive signing because i think they made a very smart defensive signing in center back of thiago silva who's also yet to be announced uh, like what do you make of the thiago silva signing it's a very interesting signing actually because uh, i am very excited to see him play in the premier league i think he should have played during his peak 
So I'm kind of hesitant about you know a 34 year old centre back coming into the squad. But what he will provide is experience, leader. He has his winning mentality. He has won 25 trophies in the last eight years alone. So he has a habit of winning, and is a very young Chelsea squad as well. So he's somebody who can drill that sort of a mental aspect of the game as well. And obviously, I rate Silva highly. I think he's one of the best centre backs in this generation, and he can provide a good support for Zuma as well. Silva can sit back while Zuma can push forward, distribute the ball. So I think it's a very interesting signing. I really didn't see it coming, to be honest, but we'll see how that goes. They recently announced Malang Sar as well. That is a bargain. For, there's no doubt about it. Malang Sar, as I'm pretty sure there are a lot of clubs after him as well. He Basically, Chelsea got a very talented young centre-back, ball-playing centre-back, as a matter of fact who can potentially go to be one of the best centre-backs in the next generation. Uh, and it's such a bargain as well. It's such for a low fee as, as well. So that's that's a brilliant signing. I think that's my favourite signing of all. Maybe right up there with Werner, but Malang Sar or somebody we have been looking at. I think he's gone back on loan, I think, for, and he'll return the season after that. But it's a smart signing there by Chelsea. Yeah, like yeah, you mentioned a really good point about Thiago Silva's winning mentality because when you're building a young side, you uh, like you saw in the FA Cup finals because they lack those kind of a leader in the back and someone who can cheer them up and push them to for the win. And uh, Thiago Silva coming into the side, he's obviously going to start every game for Chelsea this next next season, and he's going to be a good guidance for players like Zuma, Sikaya Tomori, and everybody like that. Uh, but one one signing which I'm kind of skeptical about, which I'm not really sure, is the one of Ben Chilwell, because uh, if you look at the left back situation, like the left back crisis, let's say, their main problem is that their left backs are good at attacking. Like Marcus Alonso is really good at attacking, but he's kind of weak at defensive. He he's not a good defender. He's, and uh, Ben Chilwell is slightly a better version of, like he's obviously a way better version of. Marcus Alonso, but I don't know if he's still good enough for their defensive output, and uh, that's the kind of one which I'm skeptical about. Like, do you bet differ? That's a good point. He has that you know defense we saw in the last season, but he provides an excellent attacking threat. He has three goals and three assists for Leicester last season alone, and he has missed the last part of the season as well with injury, and it's 50 million euros. Uh, I mean, I don't think we need to look at money anymore when it comes to signing quality players. We'll see how uh, Lampard is going to build a system with the sort of players he has bought because it's very attacking-minded. Um, so, when you're having attack-minded fullbacks, actually the right side, it'll be Aspilicata or Reese James as well. So, if Ben Chilwell is starting, I'm pretty sure Aspilicata is going to start because they need to have a balance of defense or you know they'll be ex extremely exposed i can see them going after declan rice as well but i'm not sure they will go this season maybe the next year i mean that's oh a match God, that's it's going to be very crazy if they sign declan, declan rice also yeah i think that he's also he also wants to move to chelsea chelsea's also chelsea also wants him back so i think that's a signing that's inevitable maybe not this summer 
maybe the next but it's very scary chelsea is looking a very very scary squad right now uh yeah so i think the only one position left which they need to address is the kepa position uh so they are obviously going to try to move on from kepa and gabriel and sign some other and uh, goalkeeper and they've been heavily linked to this goalkeeper from lille called mike magnan like have you heard of the have you heard of him like until to be honest no i've not heard of him before but apparently lille seems to be a good t- shopping place for clubs this summer yeah every now and then some certain french club comes into power and like they given a lot of place on this squad like your monaco's your leons and now lille is added to the list also uh, like i went and looked into his stats actually to see what kind of a player he is i'm not sure why chelsea are after him because he doesn't have this really good passing numbers as such he's a poor passer of the ball he attempts less than 20 like 20 25 passes per game and that to around 60% accuracy uh, he is a decent stro- like he's he has a good saving uh, percentage and everything like that that you can expect but when you're b- building a side which has ball playing center backs and uh, you're attempting to build from the back and trying to attack forward uh, it's going to be tough if you have a player who attempts just 20 passes a game because uh, you expect your goalkeeper to be really good at distribution in that case but uh if you look at his pure goalkeeping abilities he's really good because he kept the least goals in the full premier league league season which is 2018 and 2019 and he was lil was a really good defensive side and he had a good save percentage of around 70 75% uh so i'm not sure if this is a good sign do you do you have any other alternative to him I mean I think for a long time there were rumors of Onana moving to Chelsea am I right Yeah yeah exactly So yeah I think I actually surprised the Lyle goalkeeper came up to be honest because I, I I was pretty sure Onana might move to Chelsea as well because again like Van der Beek Van der Sar are also confirmed that Onana there was there was an offer for Onana as well from an unnamed club so I always assumed it was Chelsea but uh, we'll see because onana again is not that great when it comes to his ball playing ability but he's an excellent shot stopper by the way he, he has a great penalty record in the dutch league and uh, he has his weaknesses but he again he's still young he is just entering his peak goalkeeping years as well so i think it would suit chelsea better to go after him rather than you know chasing after other other targets i mean nick pope is also a target from what i hear from certain sources that would be a good signing but you know being british from a british club that's bound to be expensive and chelsea has already spent but bucket loads of cash so i really don't see them spending that much for another english goalkeeper i think onana makes sense for me to be honest but uh, we'll see what chelsea does Yeah so i guess we are going to talk about the most interesting club of this transfer window now that the situation in barcelona and that is manchester city your rivals from other side of the town so i'm going to ask you first and foremost what do you think of the prospect of pep guardiola reuniting with lionel messi something that's making me puke to be honest something that's scaring me 
I never thought in my lifetime, you know, of growing up supporting United, ever seeing the day where Manchester City, our noisy neighbours, will be signing Lionel Messi. I can't even, you know what? I I, I really don't want to talk about. It. You take it aside. I really don't want to talk about. It. Like yeah, so the rumors are re- uh, like intensifying day by day. I don't know by the time we release this podcast, it's gonna get even closer. So Messi obviously wants to move to Manchester out of Barcelona, and the most likely destination is Manchester City. And I don't like if you look at in short term project view. I guess adding Messi is just gonna get you most of the trophies you're gonna compete for because. Like yeah, obviously, I'm not gonna believe some fans telling me that Messi will take some time to adapt to a new league. Messi will struggle physical league and whatsoever. He's one of the most intelligent players ever to play the game. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's gonna adapt to whatever league he's gonna play there. But yeah, so uh, like let's just skip that part right now because there's nothing much to talk other than Pep is gonna yeah, we'll almost win come everything. Come back to Messi. We'll come back to Messi in a bit. So let's just move to their signings, which they completed, which is Ferran Torres. So interestingly enough, Ferran Torres is like obviously signed as a replacement for Leroy Sane. So I went in to see what Ferran like. Ferran Torres is relatively new. Uh, I've heard him here and there, but I haven't followed him in his team. And uh, if you look at his uh, playing style and everything, he's kind of similar to Leroy Sane. He he can play in both the wings. He is a, a really good young prospect, and uh, he is an exceptionally good dribbler of the ball. Uh, and he is very creative also, and he takes very good shots outside and inside the box. And he kind of fits exactly in a profile what you expect from a replacement. And uh, that's kind of a positive signing, I guess. Uh, so, what do you think, Neeraj? I think it's a great signing, to be honest. I mean, to be, if I have to be honest, if Sancho wasn't there, Ferran Torres was my backup right winger that I really wanted United to go after. I've been hearing a lot of La Liga fans singing praises about him, about him being a good talent. The final product has not really started coming yet. There has been a lot of talks about it, but there's no doubting the raw potential that Torres has. And it's scary that City has got him because under Pep Guardiola, I think he's going to reach new heights. And he's still young. I think he's just 20, I believe. He has a lot of time to improve as well. And things were not as smooth in Valencia as we all like to think. So, there are a lot of factors to play. But I think this is an excellent signing for City. But, yeah, the main priority going into this uh, transfer window for Pep Guardiola was obviously to strengthen his back line, to strengthen his central defensive options. And he's gone for Nathan Ake, which I don't see a point in it. Like, I don't see a need to go and sign him for a crazy fee of 40 million. So, like, I don't, like, what do you make of that signing? I'll be very surprised if Nathan Ake starts for City, to be honest. I think he's more like a backup. I mean, last season we saw when Laporta got injured, City was really suffering at the back. And Fernandinho had to, you know, settle in in the centre-back position, which really affected City's season as a whole. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be a backup. I'm, I'm, I have nothing against Nathan Ake. I think he's a really good talent. But as a starter for City, I'm not really sure. I'm pretty sure he's just a backup for Laporta. But 
but i believe they're going for one more center back as well in the name in the form of kalidu kulabali i mean that would be a signing that would be an excellent excellent signing for city yeah so the main skepticism regarding nathan ake is that it's not regarding his ability or anything like that it's just that he doesn't fit into the kind of defender which they want to start um, he is a very good ball playing center back he's left footed center back as well but he's not good at aerial duels and um, and uh, you're really not going to play two left side left footed center backs in a team so i yeah like as he said i can see him only as a uh, like backup to laport and uh, considering with city which is signing them 40 million for a backup i'm not really surprised and like yeah as you said carried to kulibali oh my god like it's it's getting scary like one signing after another signing because pep is desperate to win the league next year it is his last year in his contract so he's not going to want to end his contract in a low note and uh, like we obviously know kalido kulibali from his days in napoli and his champions league performances it's going to strengthen them massively because they if you consider kulibali to be one of the best center backs in europe and add him with another best center back in the europe in form of laport it's uh, a partnership which is going to be solid going forward i agree yeah that's a very scary looking part- defensive partnership there is there any alternate for kulibali side do you have any buddy in your mind like yeah as i mentioned i think they should uh, like jonathan tar is a really good option kind of fits into pep guardiola's build also like he's a very good ball playing center back he's good exceptionally well aerial in aerial duels which i i don't think laporte is like laporte is fine but he is not as good as jonathan tar and like one interesting option which i think pep guardiola should sign is uh, nordi mukieli from rb leipzig like that's considering the fact that pep needs a cover at right back too in the future if kyle walker uh, is regressing in his form uh nordi mukeli is the player from leipzig where he plays both right back and as a right side center back he's a he's a very very good player like i rate him as one of the best talents from bundesliga like obviously there's hype surrounding around opamecano uh, and konate that they tend to ignore this guy like most teams you know, move past him but uh, he's he's really good he's a very good dribbler of the ball he takes he puts in a lot of key passes into the final third he is a good crosser of the ball so uh, i think that will lo- love to have him inside that's an interesting choice i to be honest i have not noticed him that much i've seen him i've seen him play seen, i know he's a good player but i've not really noticed him enough to see how good of a player he is he starts backing up a lot so i think one position what do you think about the striker position sai i think that's a very interesting area that city needs to look at yeah it's kind of a uh, like let's say a tricky spot you have a gabriel jesus and sergio aguero but you need to consider sergio aguero's fitness as well he is uh, in his older part of his career he is going to retire very soon he is injury prone and i really don't rate uh, gabriel jesus the finisher but like i like him as a player in the squad but i don't rate him as a finisher so uh, like obviously it's not my immediate priority to go and get us uh, striker because i think aguero is going to be fine this summer but i guess it's better to have a backup there and uh, if the rumors of moving gabriel jesus out of this side is true 
they should go and get a uh, striker option and the one signing which comes into my mind is what uh, saint eduard from celtic uh, is the kind of striker like a modern striker let's say who links up with their forwards and the midfielders and also takes in really good shot numbers it takes 5.26 shots and i wouldn't uh, say that league scottish league is very bad but because like i think people can adapt from scottish league to premier league very easily the last season he had 21 goals and 9 assists and he's very good at linking up with the attackers as i said earlier and uh, he's a really good finisher like which you expect him like which you expect from the side which creates a lot of chances there and that's going to be an interesting option but uh, like i want to put this forward to you do you think lautaro martinez will be a good addition to pep guardiola there i think yes i think definitely i'm a big fan of lautaro martinez this one season he has played in inter i think he has been incredible it's not just the fact that he's a good finisher for his age but i think he's one of those you know all round center forward somewhere along the line, likes of a younger version of aguero or a, or a robin van persie somebody who can create who can link up who can hold up who can finish who can pass the ball around i think he fits perfectly into your pep guardiola striker but we have been hearing a lot of rumors about him moving to barcelona so not sure how ah, possible happening but if pep is trying for lotaro martinez that is a crazy signing yeah 100% and uh, i guess as finally we need to conclude it with the segment of messi uh like I'll, i really want to know your thoughts like do you think it's going to happen what i'm not initially i was very apprehensive about all this i mean it's okay it's one of those messy tactics where he's trying to apply pressure on the board to make signings to make changes but to actually see a verified facts that he sent to the board telling that he wants to leave has taken the footballing world to by shock for instance every barcelona fan i know has been having a meltdown over it i mean i never thought i'll see the day where you know messi will move away from barcelona that was supposed to be a match that should have lasted an eternity now i'm not sure what's going to happen but from what i've been hearing reliable sources saying there is a concrete interest from city uh, in signing messi as well i mean this will be their jewel in the crown let's say because ever since the take took over in uh, 2008 they have been wanting to sign this marquee players marquee managers marquee teams but signing messi will be their ultimate statement that they have reached somewhere they have taken a club a nothing club from nowhere to you know top of europe and that's a very scary prospect again it's i never thought i'll see the day where you know messi will be signing to city but here we are with a good likelihood of it happening i mean i have also been told that the same city football group uh, psg along with that psg is also planning to bid for messi if they are planning to see i don't see how that's likely when they have icardi neymar and mbappe all in high wages there but and also been told that uh, Adidas is applying pressure on the United board to approach Messi. I have oh, no. also read yeah. 
Don't keep your book up. Touch. I mean, fingers crossed. Am I right? I mean, imagine having both Ronaldo and Messi play for a club. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think we are still going to stick with Sancho. I mean, it's how it's supposed to be. But that idea, the temptation of Messi wearing those reds and walking to Old Trafford is amazing. I mean, I'm already drooling all over it. But keeping all biases aside, Messi to Premier League should happen. I mean, that's as a Premier League fan, that it should happen. That is the dream. All the years we've been hearing about, you know, whether Messi will adapt to the English climate, the English way of football. I mean, if if City gets to play Stoke City in an FA Cup or like Carabao Cup competition, it'll put an end to all those. Can he do it on a cold Wednesday night? Rumors we've been hearing uh, yeah. the last few years. It's it's so, going to be a real scary addition because uh, you see Pep and Messi. Away from each other and like in their own uh, careers, and it's gonna fit right. Like Pep needs Messi, and Messi right now in this situation needs Pep. And uh, it it I, like it will be really scary to see what they're gonna do to achieve like together. Like I don't know. Like a part of me still feels like he's gonna stay in Barcelona after all this, but uh, 90% chance that he's gonna move away from Barcelona to City. And like as you said, we're gonna see if he can prove it in a wet rainy night at Stoke. But we have to take into other factors also, right? I mean, he is going to abandon 33 years of you know tropical sunny climate to the cold, depressing, mulky Manchester weather. We have, we know the history of Argentinian players, bar very few, about their lack of adapt adaptability. So that's very interesting to see how Messi will. Adjust to that if he's moving. So can you just imagine that their first three choices of right wingers will be Lionel Messi, Bernardo Silva, Riyad Mahrez. Like it's it, it is only possible by City. Like like that's the kind of investment they are doing for the past twelve years. And like I'm not really surprised that it has come to this situation because uh, I knew that they were gonna have like quality players everywhere in the squad. But I never knew they were gonna get one of the greatest players of all time in their squad as well. So it's gonna hurt as an Arsenal fan to see Messi in a blue shirt dominating the league. But as a Premier League, Premier League fan, I'll be really excited to see what he's gonna to offer to the league and like it's gonna take us to another level where we already are. Yeah, that that is very true. So it's a very interesting saga, right out of nowhere, to be honest. There's a very interesting case study there. What's happening there in Barcelona? It's going to be an interesting couple of months in the transfer window. Let's see how Definitely. it goes. Definitely. So I think we have come. We have completed all the top six slides. So guys, we have come to the end of this episode. We had a lot of fun talking today, and fingers crossed that we at least get to see some of the signings get done. If not all, I'm pretty sure Sai, like me, is feeling super jealous about Chelsea's summer business. I mean, Sai, it is. Imagine having a owner who actually cares about a club. Right? Yeah, I feel you, bro. It, it really promises to be an exciting new season. If we have missed out on any players that you feel fits your team better, let us know through our social media handles. That's it, guys. Goodbye and stay safe.